In this episode, I wanted to share a few tips for how I create architecture diagrams. Oftentimes you need to write technical documentation or shared knowledge with other team members, and having a simple architecture diagram can really help. So I want to share what works for me. Chances are, if you're working as a sysadmin or in some ops-related role, you're likely doing a fair amount of technical writing. Personally, I find even having a simple high-level diagram can really help get your point of view across, and it can really add context to your technical documentation. So I wanted to walk through a few of the techniques that I use to create these. I also wanted to share how I create these animations to help give life to an architecture diagram. I find these simple animated slides with arrows really help to drive attention to what you're chatting about. So hopefully you'll find this useful in your work life too. All right, so let's dive in. I use draw.io to create most of the architecture diagrams, and then I'll use something like GIMP or Photoshop to add graphics on top of these architecture diagrams for the arrows and things like that. Personally, I find draw.io really great. It's pretty simple to use and it's free. In a few minutes, we'll actually walk through creating an architecture diagram together, but first I wanted to show you a few resources that I use. So I use the AWS architecture icon pack quite a bit. This is where you can download all the AWS icons for creating your own diagrams. Draw.io already has these preloaded, but say you wanted to create some custom graphic or wanted to overlay one of these icons into some documentation you're creating. These are totally useful for doing that. Then down here, there's a bunch of different tools you can use for creating these diagrams. Out of all these tools, I've actually only used draw.io. So if you found something else that works really well, maybe send me a note. Next, I'll often use the AWS Architecture Center site looking for inspiration or just need a place to start figuring out how to put a presentation together. So you can use this site to sort of get a feel for what a well laid out architecture diagram actually looks like. If you scroll down here, they have a ton of different reference architectures too. You could literally spend hours reading through these. This is also a good place to find out what a particular architecture might look like. Say for example, you're a gaming company and you wanna do some research on how other folks are doing it. At first glance, this slide does look pretty complex or maybe busy, but if you read through it, there are some useful tips for how to deploy gaming infrastructure on AWS. I find it a super handy resource when you're looking for a starting point. One sort of handy tip here too, is that you'll often find these diagrams flowing from left to right. So a user request typically starts on the left and sort of flows through the system to the right. You'll also see this happen from top to bottom. So a user request will flow in through the top and exit out the bottom. So I typically try to stay with these sort of unwritten rules unless I have a good reason. All right, so Google Cloud has pretty much the exact same sites. You have the icon packs where you can download these images for use in your presentations. I think that's pretty much it for this page as they want you to check out this slide deck. So let's check that out. There's around 100 slides in here and they walk through lots of different architectures. So you can pretty much browse through and pick and choose what you're looking for. Typically, I don't like to create architecture diagrams and say something like PowerPoint or this Google Slides here in that I find it really hard to align the images and especially if I wanna overlay a bunch of graphics. But there's lots of good examples in here that you can use for inspiration. I'm sure there's similar sites for things like Azure or DigitalOcean, but I haven't really checked that out. And that's pretty much it for the resources that I use. Also, if you're using bare metal hardware, you don't even need these custom icons. You can just use something generic and write labels. All right, let's jump back to draw.io. But before we start creating anything, I sort of wanted to chat about the reason that we're creating this thing in the first place. I'll typically ask myself, who is gonna look at this graphic? What are they gonna do with it? Why are they looking at it? When are they gonna look at it? Those types of questions when I'm creating something. 
Does this need to be something just quick and dirty that we can draw on a piece of paper? Or are we creating something for a larger presentation? Or maybe you want to duplicate something that came out of a whiteboard session or something like that. When you have the answers to these types of questions, it will feed into the architecture diagram and we can sort of flush out important areas. My personal process is that before I create anything, I'll often just sketch out this with a pen and paper long before I get into this draw.io tool. Just because I find it way easier to throw around ideas quickly without the computer. You're totally free to try 10 ideas quickly and walk through in your head, and that can be really powerful. But you can totally do this on a whiteboard too. I do this constantly, and I wanted to share just a few examples with you of what, uh, say, the sketch looks like versus the finished image. The first example here was when we were walking through how RabbitMQ works in episode 59. I was just sketching out some ideas on how to highlight the fact that RabbitMQ is very much a middleman for when you're passing around messages. Next we have the icon for this episode. I just wanted something simple and it was way easier to sketch it out on paper than draw it in the computer. So it almost becomes an act of copying what you have on paper into the draw.io tool and I find that way simpler. But I imagine this is probably a personal preference thing. Next, we have the rolling deployment illustration from episode 58. As I was thinking about what I wanted to highlight in that episode, I really wanted to show that there's zero downtime and that we have one deployment going up and the other one going down. And you can also see that the paper sketch doesn't always look like what ends up in the finished graphic. Sometimes it's just easier to show it in a different format than what you originally sketched out, but sort of the core idea is still there. Next, let's take the idea example to the extreme. So you can see on paper, the intent in episode 58 was to show a simple deployment pipeline and what that looks like. But oftentimes you'll need to flush out the connected systems to give more context. Again, that kind of comes back to who's going to look at this graphic and what do they need to know? We need to give them enough context so that they understand what's happening here. So you can sort of walk through it and hopefully go, oh yeah, this is connected to that. I get it. Finally, here's a diagram from episode 56 where we chatted about container orchestration. Even though this is sort of a stick figure architecture diagram, the intent is still here to drive the point home that these master and slave nodes are sort of the heart and soul of your container orchestration platform. All right, that's it for the behind the scenes stuff. I guess the point I'm trying to make with all this is that I suggest you start practicing your ideas on paper before jumping into the computer because it can really help to flush things out. I'd also think about the intent of creating the image. What are you trying to tell people? Is there added things that you need to put in the image to help guide them? I guess it all comes down to planning. I'd also mention something about time here. I'd say my time is proportional to how important the image is. If this is some quick hack session, I might just jot down a few notes or draw on a whiteboard versus creating anything. And then you can really get your idea across. But again, this is just what works for me. All right, let's head back to draw.io. I want to create a super simple three node web server architecture where the nodes are accepting traffic through a load balancer. Here's a couple cool things about draw.io. You can search for icons up here and it already has tons preloaded. So you can see there's a few for Google Cloud load balancers here. You can just click on them and drag them over. What about AWS? Well, pretty much anything I've searched for has already been in here. You can also click this more button down here and expand the listing. If you just try AWS, the list goes on and on forever. So I try to narrow it down by the product name. I'm just gonna speed this next section up as I'm sure you've already done something like this before. I'm just building out a three node web server architecture. I use the right panel to adjust the line size, the arrow directions and things like that. All right, so we have our architecture built out now. For this example, I wanted to call attention to the web server nodes and maybe highlight that they're in a private network. So I wanted to draw a box around them and put that box into the background 
So it sort of makes the web server stand out. And I wanted to add some text that says private network. So let me speed this part up here. I'm just playing around with the font size and box size to see what makes sense. Just totally what looks visually okay for me. All right, let's just stop here. Let's just jump into the future for a second. And I want to show you the end result of what we want to create. So this is the first image that we want to create. Here's the second image, and then the third image, and finally the fourth image. So with one simple architecture diagram, we can sort of add and subtract these various pieces and create a story about why a private network is important. Personally, I find this style of creating architecture diagrams works really well for say a work presentation, or maybe you're doing a talk at a conference where you can go through the images one by one and you're sort of talking over it and you can add more context as you walk people through the idea. So let's jump back to draw.io and see how we create these individual images. So what I typically do is create the complete architecture diagram to start with. And then what I'll do is I'll go to file and I'll save this as a PNG file and then an XML file. This XML file allows you to save sort of the raw position of where everything is. And then you can reload this file into draw.io and sort of pick up from where you left off. This is super useful for making tweaks to your diagrams down the road. So this is sort of the end result image. Next, I like to think about what I want the second to last image to look like. So I'll delete the private network label here. Then I'll save this image. Next, I think about what the next previous image should look like in the sequence, if that makes sense. So we'll delete the box and then save this image. We're sort of starting at the last image and then working backwards. So we basically just created all the images we need. But there's a problem here. You can see one of the images that we saved is out of alignment, and that's because it's typically saved as a centered image, and there's a big chunk of that box missing. So we'll need to fix that in a minute. So we just need to reverse the order and we have something that sort of gets close to our intended result. Honestly, this is super trial and error and you sort of have to work through it step by step to see if it's developing the way you want. This is why I think sketching makes so much more sense and it's way easier than actually doing anything in draw.io first. You can think about what the end result looks like and work up to it. All right, now that we have our images, let's switch over to GIMP. It's sort of like the open source version of Photoshop for anyone who hasn't used it before. So I have GIMP over here and you can see we have our three images saved on the desktop here. So I'm gonna create a new blank image in GIMP for my desired image size. I typically create something like 1280 by 720, which is 720p since it's great for HD video. My suggestion would be to create an image size that matches your screen size when you're at full resolution. So say you go full screen on your presentation, the image looks the appropriate size and it's not stretched or sort of blurry or anything like that. But honestly, you could use whatever works for you. All right, so let's drag over our images from the desktop into GIMP. I find it much easier to create these types of animations when I'm using layers in GIMP. Basically, you can easily turn on and off the layers and see what the animation looks like. This is a simple example, but for some of my episodes, I'll have like 80 layers in here that I'm turning on and off. But I think it's totally worth it as it creates a really simple, easy to follow story. I'm just gonna speed this next part up and chat over it. So the reason I wanted to create a large image in GIMP and then drag our images over as layers is that oftentimes you'll only be dealing with a small piece of a much larger image. So it sort of helps to have a large canvas and then you can sort of position things the way you want. So what I'm doing here is I'm making the layers semi-transparent and then I can sort of adjust the image positions to make sure they overlap exactly. Sometimes you'll need to go back and adjust things even more when you're turning the layer on and off. As you can see here, the, there's a slight one pixel or two pixel off here. 
All right, once all that is done, I might add a layer or two with an additional arrow. I'll admit this is a pretty crappy looking arrow, but you sort of get the idea. All right, so we're finally done. We have our layers now. We can turn them on and off and sort of get the desired images that we need for our animation. So we have our images now and everything is aligned. I'm just gonna pause the video and I'm gonna save each of these images one by one and I'm gonna call them image one, two, three, and four. I'm just gonna pause the video because that's pretty boring to watch. All right, so I've unpaused the video and now we have our four images on the desktop. So let me show you what those look like in a preview. Let me go full screen here. Now I can just flip through each of the images and they look exactly like they want them to and everything's aligned. So this is the process that I use for creating architecture diagrams for documentation and for creating animated architecture diagrams in presentations. This might look like tons of work, but it does go pretty quick once you're used to it. And I sort of have the workflow down pat. So far, this has been a pretty simple example of what the end result looks like, but let me show you a sort of a more complex example. So here's the problem solving animation from episode 51. This is about 75 images spliced together using this technique. So this is where I can't really stress enough that you need to sort of sketch things out and you'll save yourself a ton of time because you start with the finished product and then sort of work backwards. Another sort of simpler example is the animation from episode 58. I use draw.io to create the architecture stuff and then I use GIMP to import a bunch of screenshots and sort of align everything. So it's a pretty versatile method, but you can literally spend a day or more working on a particular sort of set of images. So don't spend a day if you could easily get the point across in a 15 second drawing on a whiteboard. Chances are you're not gonna go too crazy with this, but you can create some cool effects with just two or three images. So that's why I wanted to share this method with you. All right, before we end this episode, I wanted to share something else with you. I put together a simple little architecture diagram template that you might find useful. This has sort of saved me a lot of time as I've written technical documentation for work. This isn't exactly the template I use, but it's sort of generic. I posted this up on GitHub too. The link is in the episode notes below. Typically you'll start off with some sort of title, a project description with your name and then the date if people wanna contact you. And then sort of a high level overview of what the thing we're chatting about is. Next I'll include a high level architecture diagram. You can sort of think of this as the end result. This is actually the one that we created using draw.io. Next I'll maybe have a section that outlines the infrastructure involved in this project. Things like where it is, how it's built, etc. Are we using configuration management? Is there container orchestration, Terraform? You could put lots of things in here. Next, I'll have a section on the application side of things. Things like where it is, what it is, how it's built, what are the commands you need to run this thing? Where does the code live? Where does the data live? Is this talking to any other systems? Then maybe we'll take some sort of zoomed in areas from that architecture diagram we created. So to create this, I just cropped that high-level architecture diagram and added the web nodes here. Finally, maybe close things out with a troubleshooting section. This can be a place to check for getting a sense of how monitoring is configured, maybe useful commands for debugging, etc. Chances are your company already has something pretty good, maybe a runbook or something. But if you have nothing, this might act as a good starting point. These type of diagrams and documents are great when new people join your team because they can quickly get up to speed or even just as a helpful refresher to get folks back on the same page. Infrastructure diagrams are also super helpful when you need to scale things as you can sort of visually walk through how a request would flow through your system and then figure out where things are gonna break. All right, well, hopefully you found something in here useful. That's it for this episode. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next week.